Yeah, you got the two-stage trigger. And a lot of people are going to that for target panic. I don't like a two-stage trigger. I think I feel like it causes me target panic. I just like single and I know it's going to go. Just keep on putting pressure, keep on putting pressure. And I talk to myself, keep on pulling, keep on pulling, and boom, it goes. Obviously, now I don't have to really say that. I just got to say, take my time. I tell myself, take your time. On everything I do now, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, take your time. If I have to move spots to go shoot somewhere else, I take out the bullet that's inside the chamber. I don't put nothing on safety ever. Never. I never feel safe, even if it's on safety. If there's a bullet in the chamber and I have to go to another spot, I mean, if it's like 10 or 15 yards, I'm not. I'm talking about if we have to now go walk another ridge, I take out that bullet, put it back in the magazine. It takes 15 seconds and then put it back in the magazine, push it back in. And now I know that I could do whatever I want. Not that I would point the rifle at anybody, but if it does wave around, I'm not scared that it's going to go off and it could shoot somebody. If I were you guys, get the bubble level and start making sure your trigger is a lot lower and keep on. Like you could practice in your house all day long without any bullets, dry firing the rifle. It's not going to hurt the rifle. Just dry fire it and just can feel how it's supposed to feel with a crisp trigger pull. And you're not camping the rifle and you just keep on pulling, keep on pulling. Take out a lot of your stuff out of your hand. Like you don't want to grip that rifle, death grip it. Just take out everything out of like just like how you would do the bow, you kind of like press in that gap of your hand and you're not forcing it like you're squeezing it same thing with a rifle you just kind of want to take off everything yeah middle everybody on this podcast could go out there and do that themselves and now if you miss at a thousand yards it wasn't your equipment it was you because you know now your equipment is dialed in hey guys real quick before we get into this episode i need you to do me a couple of favors first go give us a review on itunes can't stress it enough it's really really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Howl for Wildlife. Super simple, takes a couple minutes, you can even do the free membership, I don't care, but be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game, go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by this guy, Mr. Phoenix Shooting Bags. What's how, up? How are you, John? Everything going good? <sighs> yeah, things are good. I didn't get any sleep last night, so I'm a freaking disaster. That's all right. You're always a disaster. Thank you. I went and shot this morning. Yeah. Shot the bow and... Um, it's shooting money. It's good. I'm happy. Those yeah. iron wheel broadheads are probably the best broadhead I've ever shot in. That's shot. Yeah, shot. In, I, I love the disaster. I, I guess. Bro, I've been up since four o'clock this morning <laughs> dealing with all the other stuff. Shopify is messing with, I don't know what they're doing right now, but I'm trying to help out everybody save some money with shipping. I don't Shipping just went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is going on? What's going on? Did you hear? They just, like, they're going to pay UPS drivers like $170,000 a year. Oh, really? Really. Oh, you should become a UPS going, driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Let's go. Seriously. It's wow. freaking nuts, isn't it? They deserve it. That thing is brutal. I, I don't know about $170,000. Come on. But seriously, I, I mean, I don't want that. I, 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 kudos, and they, they kept the world running here. All these guys delivering, and that's mail, and all of them, you know, FedEx. 
But yeah, 170, that's a lot. That's good money. Yeah. If I would have known, I would have, I would have switched over. It's crazy. Nah, I'm happy. Then I have to be working 24 seven. Yeah. And not take off when I want. That's the, yeah. That freedom's uh yeah, it's key. That's why I enjoy my life. But so that's why I haven't stopped doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I know. I know. I won't I'm not I, I never complain about life. Life's good. Life's good. You do. You're very good. You're good at that. I'm not I'm happy about <laughs> everything that's going on. Kids are good. Got one in college, one's a senior and the other's in sixth grade and we're going hunting this year and that's all that matters. Yeah. But and that's what we're gonna that's what we came here today to do is help out people that's got these tags, especially these elk tags are gonna be coming up real soon. Besides bow hunting, people are gonna be going on antelope and rifle hunting for elk. So I wanna do whatever I can possible to help you guys um uh, you know, make a a one shot kill and not you know these I see a lot of people when they come and shoot with me, they think they know how to shoot or they're saying, oh yeah, my rifle could shoot out to a thousand yards. Everybody could shoot out to a thousand yards. And the little things what count to make that shot. Even in my rifles that I know the, the ballistics through and through, a little cant to the rifle, a little this, a little wind, that, make, that goes a long way. If you can't do these things, you're not going to be able to make a long you know, yeah, shot count. Absolutely. And I say the more we could go over these little steps to get people to correct themselves before they make a shot, I think it'll allow them to make a one shot kill instead of five shots. And, Oh, you're high, you're low, you're right. left, you're right. Yeah. You don't want that disaster out in the field. No, no, we've all seen it. Yeah, for sure. So what are, well, let's talk about that. What do you, what, what are the most common mistakes that you see and then we'll go from there we'll get into like what guys should be practicing now leading up to the hunt to eliminate those and so on and so forth the most common mistake number one and it's with every even with bow hunting is trigger pull i can't tell you how many times i see somebody punching the trigger and John, well, that's you with the bow. I I couldn't believe it. Until I do the with the, I do with. I honestly kind of do it with the rifle too. And I do everything in my power right now to not do that. And I'm talking to myself all the freaking time not to do it, especially with the bow. With the rifle, it's, it just comes naturally. I'm just because I do so many dry fires that I'm not. It's just second nature. And you, you can't really dry fire a freaking bow. I wish I had, maybe I should buy that tool thing that I just keep on going in my hand on like that kind of thing. But with the rifle, I'm, I'm always, because I'm always teaching people how to put their finger correct in the correct spot, how to like, f like continue to keep on pulling, keep on pulling, keep on pulling and have it surprise you. So that mantra, whatever, that thing that Joel Turner taught me 10 years ago when we spoke to him, like, I mean, I knew about trigger pull, but having like talking to myself, I never used to talk to myself. Now I do it often. Like I'm constantly talking to myself. I'm getting into my own psyche saying, oh, take your time, take your time. And I'm always repeating these words when I'm talking, especially when I'm teaching people how to shoot. 
a lot of times with adults, they have bad habits. And I'm not saying that they can't be corrected, but it's so much harder to teach an adult than to teach a child how to continue with their trigger pull. Because a lot of guys or girls that have been shooting prior in the past have always, I don't want to like make anybody feel bad of using their grandfather's guns or their father's guns, but they've always given these big caliber guns and everybody's got target panic. Right. I mean, everybody, I'm not saying, I've never, I haven't met one person so far yet, except a child that has target panic like an adult. Everybody that I go and shoot with, I give them the rifle and I don't, and I tell them, I say, this is going to be a pussycat because I, I sell them off with the 6GT, everybody. And I don't even load a bullet. Right. I don't even load a bullet. And boom, they're just like, and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, relax, 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 relax. Take your time. And I get them in the right position with their trigger finger. So it's kind of like in the, so it's just right off. So the, the point, whatever. The first crease in your finger. The first crease in your finger, right? In your index finger. And I kind of get that in the center of the that okay that so right on your finger pad so between the first crease the first bend on your the end of your finger to the tip of your finger right in the middle of that kind of maybe a little closer to the to the line just a little bit closer you don't want it too far like to the tip of your to where your nail is that's too close you want a little bit of padding that when you continue to pull you want the least amount of you don't want to like twist it. You know what I mean? So you just want to kind of be able to pull back, but you don't want to slip off of it. So it's too close. So you, that's kind of like, I wish I could, you know, obviously like how we're speaking. So kind of in the middle, a little, little bit, little bit closer to the line and like, just continue to pull, 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 pull until you hear it click. Do not just keep on putting pressure, like a continuous line. Just keep on putting pressure, pressure, pressure. And then you'll hear it click. And boom, the shot goes off. You shouldn't be knowing when that shot goes off at all. It should be a surprise every single time. And I do it too. Like I get target panic when I shoot somebody else's rifle. And I will I'll admit it. I'm not I'm not I'm not shy about it and I'm not proud that I do it. But when I shoot somebody else's rifle, I'm fucking scared shitless because I don't know what to expect, right? I don't know because I'm I'm used to that 300 wind mag that I used to have that Cause black and blues after five shots. You remember? You remember that? Yeah, your Winchester. Yeah, that thing was a beast. I remember my dad's thirty out six, which wasn't as bad, but it still caused me pain. It caused me to react, and I knew that I was gonna have a big bang and a big, you know, like like a punch at the end. So, if we teach i mean i don't mind getting a kick now which i i mean i don't like it but a lot of people are putting brakes on their rifles i think that's the most valuable piece of equipment you could put onto the rifle not to get that big punch especially every you know everybody thinks that they need uh like you like a 300 run to kill everything i knew you were gonna throw me a little bus i'm not throwing it on there but your gun doesn't (laughs) kick that bad your gun doesn't kick that bad my gun doesn't kick at all i know what i'm saying is this People have your gun without a break. And how, how do you think that's going to feel? Your break is six, almost five and a half inches long. It's got it's got the most ports. That Huber concept break, I mean, 
it's amazing. I love that brake. I mean, I have it on my 6.5 uh, Creedmoor. I, I think it's one of the best brakes for hunting out there. It's so light. Right. It doesn't cause any extra weight on the gun. And they make great triggers also. They have that dual trigger. But I've been a Timney trigger guy forever. So I have like that. That's it doesn't matter what trigger you're using. All these new trigger companies like Trigger Tech, Jewel is really another good trigger. All those trigger are excellent. But it's getting used to it, knowing how many pounds you're pulling back. I think another big thing is a lot of people, are, their trigger is really heavy. I mean, some are like seven pounds. A seven-pound trigger, you're going to be putting so much pressure on that that trigger. That's why a lot of people are punching it because they want it to go. Right. I like for hunting two and a half, three pounds max. Yeah, that my 300's got four, unfortunately. And I was thinking about safety when I did it. Um, my other guns don't. My other guns are all two-pounders, but that particular. But I don't have a problem shooting it because it's that two-stage. Yeah, you got the two-stage trigger. And a lot of people are going to that for target panic. I don't I don't like a two-stage trigger. I think I feel like it causes me target panic. I just like single and I know it's going to go. Just keep on putting pressure, keep on putting pressure. And I talk to myself, keep on pulling, keep on pulling, and boom, it goes. Obviously, now I don't have to really say that. I just got to say, take my time. I, I tell myself, take my take your time. On everything I do now, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, take your time. I don't want to rush anything. If anything feels wrong, a gust of wind happens, I stop. Especially at those long distances. I mean, the bullet could fly six, eight inches to the left or to the right, up, down, whatever it is, a crosswind, you know, it doesn't matter. But you have to take your time to know what's going on. The wind changes every three seconds. And if people recognize that, they can't, the wind is their biggest enemy. Now, if you could correct 90% of your other things that you're doing incorrectly, like trigger pull, canting the rifle, and all those other things, we didn't talk about those other things. We will, we will, we will. But I'm saying, like, if you could correct those things before you could go to the, you know, and have to deal with the wind, you have a better sh- chance of making yeah, that shot. Of course. I say the same thing all the time. People are like, oh, why, you know, spend so much time on the building your arrow or doing this or doing that? I'm like, because I'm trying to control all the things that I can control so that when I'm in the field and there's so many things that you can't control, you don't know what the animal's going to do, you don't know this, you don't know that. That's that's where success comes from is being able to eliminate or mitigate the the things that are within your control. Yeah, hundred percent. And you could do that also with bullets that you're shooting, cleaning the rifle. There's so many things that people do not do prior to a hunt. And honestly, cleaning a rifle is probably one of the worst things you could do prior to the hunt. You want to clean that rifle 30 rounds before you're taking it hunting. So if I were you guys right now, everybody, whoever's listening, even if you're going to practice 100 rounds, 100 rounds is not going to do anything. I mean, yeah, it could dirty it up a little bit. But most people shoot 20 rounds out of their rifles before they're going to go hunting. They could take a box and they say, oh, let me make sure everything's correct. I mean, I shoot 100 rounds every time I go out. I shoot three. Yeah, that's why your gun hasn't been cleaned in the last 10 years. Um, that's not true. You cleaned it for me last year. And that's why it was disgusting. But anyway, so all right. So let's get back to, let's let's make a, a, 
a clean ethical and perfect shot the things that we could be working on so number one is trigger pull uh if you're able to lighten your trigger uh the poundage on your trigger pull if you could get it to about two and a half three pounds for hunting that's where i i think is excellent i don't think you should be worried about the rifle going off i never honestly and i know everybody's gonna be like oh there's no way no I, I don't even load a bullet until i'm ready to shoot i'm not in new york that i have to like you know fling a fling a, a I, I i used to do the same thing i used to keep one in the like and now i don't definitely don't put one in the chamber until it's time i even, say we have to move spots you know me i'm fucking anal but if i have to move spots to go shoot somewhere else i take out the bullet that's inside the chamber i don't put nothing on safety ever never i just i never feel safe even if it's on safety if there's a bullet in the chamber and i have to go, go to another spot i mean if it's like 10 or 15 yards i'm not i'm talking about if we have to now go walk another ridge i take out that bullet put it back in the magazine it takes 15 seconds all right and then put it back in the magazine push it back in and now i know that i could do whatever i want i not that I would point the rifle at anybody, but if it does wave around, I'm not scared that it's going to go off and it could shoot somebody. So I'm not worried about my two-pound trigger that I that I hunt with. Right. And when I'm shooting PRS, it's one pound, one and a half pounds. Mm -hmm. So that's a big difference. I mean, it's so light. You're just like touching it and it's going off. Yeah. So, and honestly. It's very easy for shit to happen. A quick story just to put an exclamation point on what you just said. Two years ago, I had muzzleloader client, and he got set up to go shoot this pig with the muzzleloader, and the pig started moving, so we took off, but I took the cap. I took the percussion cap out of the gun, okay. and muzzleloader's pretty damn safe because you have to cock the hammer back to shoot it anyway, but still, cock the hammer or excuse me, the hammer was cocked back already to make the shot. He didn't end up making it. I pulled the percussion cap out of there, put the hammer back, and we started hightailing it over to where we needed to be. He's walking behind me. He falls. He hits the ground. The gun's pointed right at my back. See? Wow. Could have easily yeah. gone off and shot me in the back. So, you know, that shit happens. It happens really easy. My biggest thing is like... You have a guy that's walking with the rifle on his shoulder mm -hmm. and you're walking now you're behind him, but now you're walking down a hill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that put the rifle's right at your face. face. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so many times if you think about it, I've watched it. I've gone back and watched like video because we had a cameraman and I've seen how many times the gun has been pointed in my direction. Oh, it's been multiple Or times. how many times even myself holding the gun, I've pointed it at somebody else unknowingly. And I, I, you know, like I really realize it all the time when I'm with my kids, if I'm having them hold it and carry it, what I'm like, oh, yep. I know there's no gun, no bullet in there, but don't be pointing this, you know, and it just happens and then happens a lot. So anyway, let's get off of that because- No, but if people, it's good for people to know because that's why I, I always say, don't load or round until you're ready to shoot you don't need to be walking in the woods with one in there it takes two seconds it takes seriously Agreed. two seconds i used to be that way though i used to be like, i agree oh, I, I, I used to be that way too because that's what our dad's taught us right have one in the chain be ready be yeah. ready right it was also the type of hunting they did 
Yeah, because so they were standing. They were st- still hunting. Yeah. They were walking and moving slow through the woods and waiting for something to jump up to shoot it. Correct. So you kind of need that. But but the type of hunting that we do. Get shot by a certain somebody a couple of times. We <laughs> 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 won't name any names. <laughs> well, and then you learn, you learn that you don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Thank God it was but, just shotgun shells. But anyways. All right. So, all right. So where are we at? All right. So number one, trigger pull. Let's lighten up the triggers a little bit. If you can buy it, any of the better triggers out there, Timney, uh, Huber Concept, Trigger Tech, Jewel, any of those, they're great. Even if you can change the spring, if you know what you're doing, like those Tikas, they're very easy to change the spring with $10. Well, the Tika, you could get a lot of adjustment just out of, out of the thing. Yeah. And with a $10 little spring, it makes it even lighter. Okay. Yeah. It's the best. And the, I love that trigger. I don't. I never change out the triggers out of my Tikas. I just change out the spring every time. I I, didn't, I never changed out the spring on that one, but yeah, I have extras at the house. We could do it. It's, it takes seriously ten minutes, and there's tutorials on online that you can follow. So after that, let's uh, let's get to. Um, I think another big thing that everybody should have on their rifle is a bubble level. I can't tell you how many times you see people canting the rifle so much, and that makes a huge difference on long-distance shots. So canting the rifle, just in case you don't know what that means, is just like canting a bow or whatever. It means, yes, you have the crosshair on the animal but or the target, but you're turning, you're tilting the gun either left or right. Correct. And that will throw off. At long distance. At long distance. Yeah. More so on a rifle that throws off trajectory, not left to right. On a bow, because your pins are lineal, if you're canting one way or the other, it'll throw the arrow more left and more right and not affect your up and down. It's the opposite. I don't know what you just said, but okay. Okay. So, (laughs) okay, on a a scope, okay, you're holding the very center of the scope. Okay. All the time. Doesn't matter what distance you're shooting. Five hundred yards, thousand yards, hundred yards. You're all you're always holding the very center of the scope on the target. Okay. If you're canting, it's not going to throw the bullet left or right. It's going to make the bullet hit lower or hit higher. Versus on a bow, because your pins are in a linear line. Okay, and you use the top pin to shoot twenty and the bottom pin to shoot eighty or whatever. Okay. If you cant the bow to, let's say, to the right, okay, now your 20-yard pin is right. If you were shooting 80 yards and you canted the bow to the right, you'd be hitting left. Do you understand? I I know. I I understand. But I feel like on a rifle, when you cant it, it either goes – it could go – It's usually – Usually when you can't a rifle, it, you're affecting the elevation. I don't know why that is, but you don't... Uh, no, I, I agree. I, but I know it affects the elevation, but also it also affects the left and right too. I feel like it does both. I feel like when I see people grouping, when I put out a piece of paper, it's all over the freaking map. Because I, I, what I try to do is I put a, put a pie plate kind of thing at right. 400 yards and 500 yards and see how the groups are rather than at 100 yards. Because 100 yards, you're really not getting what what that bullet's doing. 
And yeah, well, either way, canning's no good. Yeah, canning's <laughs> terrible. So if you could put a bubble level on your rifle, that those are fairly inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, you can get really cheap ones for like twenty bucks, or, or really spend, expensive of like two hundred bucks. Yeah, or even more expensive, four hundred dollars that light up and and glow at you. Really? And some? Oh yeah, oh, those are the ones that those guys that use under the PRS. They're awesome. I don't have one, but. I find the uh, little vortex ones are like yeah, that's what I have. Thirty uh, bucks or whatever. Yeah, I like the foldout ones too. They're pretty nice yeah. too because they're just kind of out of the way. There's a bunch of different companies. You guys can find them online. Well, the Huskama, my new, all my newer scopes have the bowl inside. That's the best shit ever. The best one was uh, the Sig scope that I had back in the day. It had so you press a button and it would light up and let you know you would see everything left and right, mm. which way you were canting it. And it would glow. No, that's cool. And then if it was green, it was like you're good. And we do like a little yellow and then red. Oh, it was, it was. I've never seen that in any other scope. That's pretty sweet. The scopes that I have, they all have bubble levels. Ninety. I have one that doesn't. I have to put one on it. But that one just shoots so damn fast that kind of you could. It's that that Tika uh, two forty three. The kids always shot those coos deer with. It's shooting 3200 feet per second so it's blazing out of there all the other rifles are shooting at 2850 feet per second i've kind of made everything shoot at that that speed so i could kind of track i could see the bullet hitting i know i've lowered everything and i know it's probably better to go a little bit faster with hunting stuff but i've trained myself so i, I could see my misses or see where the bullets you know heading so that i can make adjustments out in the field so those two things right there if I were you guys, get the bubble level and start making sure your trigger is a lot lower and keep on, like you could practice in your house all day long without any bullets, dry firing the rifle. It's not going to hurt the rifle. Just dry fire it and just can like feel how it's supposed to feel with a crisp trigger pull and you're not camping the rifle and you just keep on pulling, keep on pulling, take out a lot of your stuff out of your hand. Like you don't want to grip that rifle death grip. It just take out everything out of like, just like how you would do the bow. You kind of like press in that gap of your hand and you're not forcing it. Like you're squeezing it. Same thing with a rifle. You just kind of want to take off minimal, everything. Minimal, yeah, minimal input. Exactly. And the bags help out tremendously. You know, aiming with the bags rather than your shoulder and all that, having the, the, the rear bag helps out. Like, that's where how you should be aiming is with the rear bag instead of yourself. Another, um, what else I was going to say? A cheek rest. I can't tell you how many people do not have that on their rifle. Get a great cheek rest that when you put your cheek onto your stock, you're exactly on key so you're not trying to find the 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 reticle or you're getting that black spot you wanted to put your cheek on there and boom see see what's through your glass i think that's one of the hardest things for people that are using other people's rifles or are not comfortable with their rifle they don't know how to put their cheek to their to their to find that spot yeah yeah it's so my brother had that issue remember a few years back when he was on he that he still does even on his own rifle yeah i i feel like that's because he doesn't practice ever which yeah. is not coming from me i shouldn't say that because i never shoot but but some people have bad eyes and mine are getting worse and we, you and i just had this conversation so practice those little those little steps right now putting your cheek onto your rifle and 
you know, I, I, I tell, cause I have the McMillan stock on all my rifles and a lot of them have an adjustable cheek rest, which I love. Right. You can move it up and down, left and right. And that helps out. But you could build yours, buy one of the $30 ones or $40 ones. Soul makes a, I, I like the one that Soul sells on his website. It's S-O-L. Soul Strategic. And they have a cheek rest. It's not expensive. I think it's like 40 bucks. And for some reason, you could, if you needed to add a little bit more, you could put like a little piece of foam if you needed to go higher. But I feel like the one that they sell, if you don't have high, high rings, like usually medium rings, you're, you're, you're usually perfect on that one. I like that one that you got me for my, my six, five. Oh yeah. That was a bar, bar net. What is it? Oh my God. Let's open it up and look at it. I like that one too. That one. It's tricky because you have to like really, it's hard to like get it perfect. But once you have it set, it, I like it. I've had to take out the inner lining of it before, but it's a Kydex uh, one. Yeah. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's very easy to install on any rifle. It's, uh, what is it called? Let me say. No, oh, it starts with a B. That's the, that's the branding right there. B something. It's bar, I think it's Barnett or something for some reason. I can't remember. But so I had to take out this. So I had to take off this piece right here on my daughter's gun because it was the cheek part was already too high. So I had to take that off, and it was pretty. That's like a two double, like a, a two stage one. I, I wish. Maybe could, I mean, it's pretty adjustable. I like. It. I, no, I like it. That's that's probably one of my favorites as well. The only reason why I like the other one is that you could put a whole case. You could put a bunch of bullets inside that like little pocket. And uh, you can carry it out. In well, the field. that's what I used to use. I used to use the Mike's. What the frick is that guy? The Mike's something or other. I used to use the. It was like a pad. Yeah, and then correct. it had a pocket on the side. That's what I had on the Sendero, and that's what Soul sells on his website. Yeah, and I, I, I really liked that one. That was that worked really well for me. It's actually on. I put it on the uh, Thompson Omega. Okay. Because it worked really well, and I put it on that, it fit, it fit it nice. But anyway, all right. Okay. So that's that's cheek rest. Cheek rest. What's next? Uh, next, go out and figure out your ballistics, and go figure out what bullets your gun likes. Not every rifle is gonna like the same bullets. The Hornady 143 ELDXs, I like any 6.5. I don't know for some reason that freaking bullet shoots so good at every rifle. Yeah, I never, I never even. Once I shot that, I was like, "There's really no reason for me to go try it. I could probably find better." Uh huh. But I mean, you shoot, you shoot best of the West out of your uh, oh, yeah, out of rum. my 300. I don't, and I shoot Copper Creek out of my 22 Creed more. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of. Uh, unknown ammunition. They make bullets. They could, they, I mean, there's a bunch of companies out there that if you really wanted to dial in your rifle, mm-hmm. they could help you do that. Right. Like there's so many programs out there. Right. And they'll say, okay, shoot. You know, what's your shoot, barrel yeah. twist? What's this? What's that? And then they'll send you over like four or five different loads. Correct. And then they'll, and then also different powder loads besides different loads. And they'll send you over different bullets and see what they like. And then, you say, okay, this one shot the best, and then and then they'll tweak it even more. I mean, you could really 
go down a rabbit hole and spend a lot of time finding out the to the grain how much powder to the you know uh, that's what I do and that's what well, on every rifle of mine that's what I do and it, it every it takes me about and I no joke and people maybe think oh yeah right two hundred rounds about two hundred rounds to get it specific to that rifle that costs a lot of freaking money and it's not cheap yeah a lot of time but I like that. I like that. And that's why And when people shoot my rifle, they're like, how do you know it so well? Because it's my girlfriend. I know it. I know I know how many clicks need to be put in. And now, so now that I know my rifle, when you put in good data, you're going to get good data out, right? So here's another thing that people should be doing. They should be, so when they find the bullet that their rifle likes, on the box, it's going to tell you it's shooting 20, 2,900 feet per second. Okay, let's keep it at that. 29, 28, 50, whatever they say. 2,900 feet per second. Your BC is so-and-so. Let's say, we'll just make up something. 3.50. Now, that's not, that's just a gauge of what that bullet is. It's not out of your rifle. That isn't, that's just what it could be out of a rifle that's what a lot of rifles are maybe 24 inch barrel and yada 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 one and eight twist yours could be a one and seven and a half twist it all depends so now you have to figure out is that data really good for my rifle so now you got to do your own investigation on this and now you got to make your own numbers you're just giving you a base now let's get that base to become perfect and let's make it that become yours, not somebody else's. You can't give somebody else my data and be thinking they're gonna shoot the exact same way. No, it doesn't work that way. So let's put good data in and get good data out instead of put shit data in and get shit data out. And you think, oh, it says this on the box. Bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. It's just giving you somewhere to like start, right? So how do I find this out? I don't have all these tools. Well, Ask a friend, maybe they have, you know, some type of, you could actually figure this out by yourself without even having all these, you know, the chronograph, chronograph and what have you. Um, I use that. It helps me. Even with the chronograph, I still have to tweak everything. They could tell you how fast it's going, but then you have to mess with it. So this is how I, I teach people how to do this without it. And my, my buddy Dave, he's the one who taught me and... I'll give him the most props because he's been influential in my life about everything about shooting and bullets and what have you. And I like to help out others because I was fortunate enough to receive this information. And I have learned from my buddy, Mark. I've learned from, I, there's a bunch of guys out there that I've learned from and you know, nobody's telling the masses. So I want to be the one, I don't want to be that guy that, says this is the way you have to do it and this is the only way no i this is what i've learned and let me help you become better so this is what i've learned it's not the only way to do it but it's a good way and it works for me okay so go out shoot 100 yards get it zeroed all right finally get your gun zeroed and now go out to 500 yards okay now we're, we're talking about we want to shoot out to a thousand yards right Okay. Thousand yards is the goal for everybody to shoot out of your rifle. So if you shoot out a thousand yards when you make a five hundred yard shot, it's gonna be a chip shot. Right? That's that's the goal in hunting, correct? Right. Four hundred. 
Usually you want to be about three to 400 yards, 500 yards, max, maybe 600. Is That's a long shot for an animal. We don't want to go past that, but if you're practicing out like just like with the bow at 100 yards and you're shooting it at 50, you're confident in your shot. I look at 400-yard shots and I'm like, I'm standing doing that now. And people are like, yeah, you got to make that shot standing? I just taught. So my buddy just came down from Guest River Media and he came and did a shoot with me and he's never shot past, I think he said 600 yards or something like that. I had him standing shooting 600 yards at a plate that was uh, 10 inches standing. And he couldn't believe it. I said, listen, that's because I know my gun and I know what to do. So let's, we could dial this, we could dial in any of your guns and to be like this, we just need to know the data. So make sure you're zeroed at a hundred yards. That's the big thing. Get it zeroed at a hundred yards. Then put the math into your calculations on your app. Uh, I use iSnipe. There's shit ton of freaking apps out there i don't know there's hornady makes one there's free ones everywhere i'm not sponsored by anybody just pick one doesn't matter get an app you're going to plug in your feet per second obviously you can plug in your bullet 6.5 let's just stick with a 6.5 cream more 6.5 140 grain and then you're going to put in let's say 29.50 feet per second and now you're going to put your bc i usually use so you, use, you choose either, either one. There's two BCs to choose from. Just choose either one, right? But make sure you're selecting that one. So the G1 BC is 0.623. A G7 BC is 0.314. I always use the G7, okay? Now, if you put the G7 and you put the G1s. On what is G1 and what is G7? Honestly, I freaking don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They're just two different. I don't know. I don't know the difference. Okay. But I've always used the G7. Okay. I, I wish I could tell you that information. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to act like a dummy, but it's two different like variables. I don't know. Maybe it's like meters and, and your, I don't know what the hell it is. Okay. So but you've always used the G7. I always use the G7. A lot of people use the G1, right? But what I'm saying is that if you plug, like if you're in your calculator, and you say, okay, G1, but you plug in the G7, you're going to be freaking completely wrong. Right. Obviously. But you're like, oh, I saw it on the box. No. You got to make sure you click the correct one. Okay? That's why I'm trying to go over this as best as I can. All right. So let's. I use the G7. Um, put the BC in. It's 0.314. Okay? Over here, it says muzzle. Okay? And it says 2,700 feet per second at a... That's what it says on the box. Yeah, that's what it's coming out of. That's what it should be out of the muzzle, whatever they tested it. Correct. Whatever. Okay. 2,700 feet per second. And this is a 6.5 Creedmoor 143 grain ELDX right at the box. That's what they tell you. Okay. I'm telling you right now, out of your gun rifle, those numbers are wrong. Oh, 100%. I'm sure. I'm sure. Not that they're not close, but they're wrong. Okay. So we plug this in. So we always want to have like, a start. So we plug in 2,700 feet per second and we're going to use the G7BC and now we shoot. Now we got our 0 to 100 yards and now we're going to put a little rock. We're talking a 1 inch rock at 500 yards. Pick anything. I don't care what the hell it is. Make sure that the 500 yards, you're, you're, you're arranging it correctly. You could put a line. You could put a target out there, but I don't like doing that because people, it's easier with a rock. 
I'm telling you, just pick a little rock out there in the field and then you'll see it like go high or low or the left and right we're not worried about right now. We're just worried about distance, okay? So you shoot at 500 yards. If it hits low, we need to do what? Well, the BC's wrong. No, or your speed's wrong. Speed's wrong. What are we going to do? So if this, if it's hitting low, I mean, you got to lower your speed down on your on your calculation because it's not it's you're not you don't have the same feet per second that you you bo- the box says. Okay, and now if we're hitting high, the opposite. The opposite. Okay, so if we're hitting high, that means we're going faster than what the box saying. Mm-hmm. If Which is possible because if you have a longer barrel gun, it correct. Will come out faster. Yeah. Correct. Or or a faster twist. Or yeah, twist too. Um. So now, at 500 yards, we're going to mess with the feet per second. So now we have a base at 2,700 because that's what it says on the box. And now we're either going to go higher with the feet per second or we're going to go lower with the feet per second. So obviously, I don't know what people's rifles are doing, but that's the start. Now, once we fix that on our calculations on our app, and once we hit at the 500 yards and we're hitting that pebble now or that one inch rock, now we have our feet per second. So did we need a caliber, a chronograph? No. We didn't. Is it easier to have it right off the bat? Yeah. And we don't have to waste bullets. Great. Well, we, we didn't need one. Right. We just did it. I just gave you the tools of what you needed to either fix that problem right now at 500 yards. Now, we're going to go further with this. Okay? Now, we're going to go Usually at a thousand yards, we could do this. You could do it at nine hundred yards. Doesn't matter. You could do it. Nine hundred yards would be fine too, because now you want to kind of. But thousand thousand yards is where you're in a. That's your ultimate goal, correct? So let's get this perfectly to a thousand yards. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the same. We're gonna follow the math that we just did on the. T- so now we say we were shooting a little low, and now we needed to speed it up. Now we needed to say we needed to go to 2750 feet per second, okay? Now, at 500 yards, we're hitting money, okay? Where 500 yards is hitting. Now we go to 1,000 yards, we're gonna do the same thing. And now at 1,000 yards, either if we're hitting low or high, we're gonna change the BC. We're not changing the feet per second because that shit didn't change. We're gonna change the BC of the bullet. And that's where it's gonna, that's where you're going to get the most accuracy now at a thousand yards, and now. So if it's hitting low, then you have to raise the BC. If you have, and if it's hitting high, you have to lower the BC. Correct. Okay. Correct. That makes sense. Correct. So there's less drag on the bullet if it's hitting high. Okay. And now you have your, now you have your true data to your bullet. Now you're 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 going to be that much better at shooting long distance than everybody else. Now you have the tools to do it. And you don't have me in your ear going, oh, you need to do this. Now you have the tools. Everybody on this podcast could go out there and do that themselves. And now if you miss at a 1,000 yards, it wasn't your equipment. It was you. Because you know now your equipment is dialed in. And that's it. And those are the five best things I could have gave any new shooter or any veteran shooter. veteran shooter because a lot of people don't know that 
They just go off the box. They just go off, oh, or I'm going to aim an inch high off their back or two inches high. Today, all the scopes come with a nice dial on their, on their turret. So why not use it? A lot of old timers don't even know how to use that damn thing. They're like, oh, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I go three inches off the top of the back. Right. I'm like, no, no, no. We or don't the, or do they that. got hash marks on the rudder yeah. itself. Is that it? <laughs> I made it sound so easy, but. How to shoot to a thousand yards with Anthony Stallone. That's it. Done. Boom. I mean, that is honestly, it's that simple. It's kind of is. I mean, like I said, clean your rifles before, like really clean them. There's a bunch of stuff online that can help you clean the rifle the correct way. Make sure you get in all that gunk out. And then don't just clean it and then say, oh, it's fine. You have to shoot it again. It's going to be different. I bet you right now, if you cleaned your rifle and went to go shoot it right afterwards, you're either going to be high, low, left, right. doesn't matter. You're not. It's not going to be zeroed again again. You have to re-zero your gun after you sh- after you clean it. It could be, it not not necessarily. It couldn't be, but a lot of times it's not. So you have to get at least. I wouldn't. I would say at least twelve rounds, ten to twelve rounds down the barrel. You could probably be less, but I like 10, 12 rounds down the barrel to make sure everything is, you know, re-seasoned, and then make sure that it's. You're zeroed in at 100 yards after shooting 12 rounds. And then don't touch it. Don't clean it. Don't clean it before the rifle. Don't be clean it before the, the, the hunt. Make sure that it's, I mean, you could still practice, but do not clean it. I mean, if it gets dirty, obviously you're going to have to clean it. But what I'm saying is don't think you need to clean it before the hunt. That's right. the worst thing you could do. A lot of people do that. They're like, oh, let me clean my gun before the hunt. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they don't go shoot it again. Um, also, a couple of things I would grease the bolt very lightly very little because you never know what type of weather you're going to be in um, that always helps out and other than that you know good luck <laughs> awesome all right cool yeah that was a little quick uh quick tutorial we'll uh i can't think of anything right now because my brain's not working very good but i'm sure at some point, you'll leave, and I'll think of a bunch of stuff that I wanted to ask. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, we could do another one. But as of right now, if everybody's getting ready to go on there, I mean, good luck to everybody that has elk tags, rifle elk tags, and antelope tags. You know, aim small, miss small, and yep. follow those steps. And I promise you that you'll your groups are going to be tighter. Having Phoenix shooting bag bags shooting off of make yeah. a big freaking difference. I mean, we could go over like little things of that too. Like, guys, I'm not saying a bipod is a bad thing. I think it's a great tool mm-hmm. if you know how to use it. Yeah. How many times do people do not know how to load a bipod the correct way? They're shooting. I see it all the time. It's popping up on them and they're like, oh, I'm not grouping right. I'm not grouping that great. Well, it's not your rifle. It's you because you're not loading that bipod the correct what way. What does loading a bipod mean? Because people don't know what that is. Okay. So. So you have you you have your your bipod down, and you kind of have to like preload it. So you're kind of like leaning into it, and it kind of like folds back the the legs a little bit, right. so it's like stable. Yep. Now, the reason why I say a lot of people don't know how to use a bipod correctly is because when they're not on the bench and they're in some type of uh, like hunting situations, right? They're on gravel, they're on dirt, they're on um, they uneven have, boulders, yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
and if they don't have like a, a, a way of uncanting the rifle on their bipod, they don't have that swivel. There's a bunch of things. This is, that's why I don't like using them. I, I hate them. I, I don't like them. Before you even get to the shooting part of them, I don't mind shooting off of them. I don't want to carry a rifle with a freaking bipod on it. Well, they make really light ones now. I, I had the lightest one in the world. It doesn't even matter about how heavy it is. Digs in your shoulder. It's always in your way. There's always like a, it's a catching on shit. It's just like another cumbersome thing that just, I never could stand. I remember I had that like $900 freaking bipod that was four ounces. I, I know. I know. I didn't like shooting off of it either. I mean, shot great and it was nice and light. Didn't add shit really to my work, but I don't like shooting off it. I've always preferred, even before you developed the freaking shooting bag, I always preferred shooting off my pack, you know? And now, you know, that I, obviously you made those bags. I've been, uh, I've been using the Phoenix shooting bags ever since and I'll never freaking go back. Like I've gotten to the point now when guys come for rifle hunts, I make sure that either they're going to take a class with you or they're going to spend half a day with me shooting off a shooting bag Hell, I don't, even, I don't even let them bring their own rifles anymore. Oh, I know, I know. It's like, <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Because you're like, I know my rifle. I know how many clicks to put in this damn thing. And it's just, yeah, because people are like, oh, but no, you know, this and that. You know, if they have a real- They have good, sentimental value and they brought their rifle. Yeah, They've been practicing. Good, I get real, it, trust me. Good, real, a real good reason. But I can't tell you how many times I've had that like discussion with somebody and halfway through the hunt, they're like, okay, because they missed a few times or whatever. They're like, okay, I'll I'll shoot your rifle. And, um, it just a lot, there's a lot to be said about having a system that works and, and that you can rely on that's just repeatable, like super repeatable. As soon as I, as soon as people get that concept of squeezing the back bag to, you know, for up and down, cause you know, the left to right doesn't really ever change once you get it set, unless it, you know, obviously unless the animal's moving and then you're not shooting anyway, but there, as soon as they see that, they're like, oh my God, I can hold rock steady. Like I don't, it's not even moving. <laughs> I know. And it's not, it's not a hard sell. It's not a hard sell for me to get people to do that because they're like, oh shit. And then it's just teaching them. It, it honestly yeah. takes about, if somebody's never done it for sure, 20 minutes, you know, just to like really, it's, it's people just, they, they don't know really how to squeeze it. It's funny because they'll squeeze it too low. And then it's not pushing up higher or the shoot they'll squeeze too high and it's not going enough and they're not getting enough like lift behind the the, the butt of the stock so you kind of gotta like show them where like how like i i make a v and it's and that's how i kind of like press it, it all depends on the person correct how they, they approach the gun because i sometimes i do the hug thing and sometimes i do the back thing sometimes it's just a side squeeze whatever you know, it, it's just whatever it looks like they're going to feel comfortable. Unless, listen, if I got a, a class and we're going to teach them, teach them, then I, I'll take them through the steps. The steps. You, know, you know, it's a really good thing. I mean, if people like watching or listening to this right now, I want to watch a couple of things. I did a really good thing with Go Hunt on their website. I mean, not on the website, on their uh, YouTube channel and look it up. I actually, if you go on to my phoenixshootingbags.com, on the tutorials or on like how to on the how to, I think it's the first one. I just added it and I think it's like 18 minutes, but I go over a lot of positions on how to use the bag and what bags are good for 
you know, each position. I think that's a great tool for you guys to watch and see what's, what's good for you. If you wanted to buy the bags and if you think it's going to help, I mean, I know it's going to help, but you know, some people are, you know, skeptical or whatever. Yeah. Another thing is a lot of people today is like, I need this six and a half pound rifle. And I, I, I know you like it, <laughs> but not everybody can handle a six and a half pound rifle because they don't know. It'll shift on them while they're I don't, shooting. I don't have that problem when it's, especially when it's on the shooting bags. Yeah. Well, no, but that with the bipod you do oh yeah there's no weight behind it yeah, that's what i'm saying rifle or bipod you that's what i'm saying like that's why a lot of like people don't know how to barrel yeah but what, what i'm saying a lot of people don't know how to shoot because the rifle there's no weight to the rifle so there's nothing like when they're trying to load it it's like skips on them and they're trying to load it and it's skipping on them so then they're just like okay fuck it let's just shoot but the bipod's not loaded so now you're gonna get a, it's gonna be bouncing that's why when I said not everybody knows how to load the bipod, that's a good explanation of why they have too light of a rifle and there's not enough weight behind it to load it. So that's why the bags make a huge difference. Like shooting off the bag, you can always be the same thing every single time, no matter what. And that's what you want. You want consistency on any terrain. It's going to be the same. And you want the rifle to come back to you every time. You don't want it to be st stuck on something. Yep. Yeah, I know a lot of people too bring this up when I had I've had discussions about you know using bags. You know, oh, you know, you should use the bag or whatever. Uh, it always comes down to well, I don't want to shoot prone, or I don't, you know, I don't want if I don't have the ability to shoot prone. And then you and I did a video. It's on my YouTube, I think. Yeah, it's on my YouTube, and you you know showing how to shoot off a rock or shoot off a tree or whatever, shooting off your tripod sitting that's all in that that's yeah. all in that one video and they oh, did a great job man their their, oh, yeah, we their production company was freaking phenomenal of course holy cow the, it's so good i wish i could have done that outside yeah we did it inside and like really take some shots um but it was like i mean you could see everything everything is clear right yeah and i and i feel like we went over a bunch of that's good good key concepts on how to shoot nice so, and it shows you shooting off the, the tripod, it shows you shooting off the medium bag, the large bag, how different, the different ways of shooting off of it. If you're shooting, you know, on a downhill shot, on an uphill shot, when you're using the pack, how you use the TBD off the pack, because you got the height from the pack, you could go and use the medium bag as a rear bag if you needed to, to get, you know, if you need it on a downhill shot. Um, I show you how to squeeze the large bag while sitting on a tripod and having the TBD bag on top of the tripod. And there's a bunch of, you know, and I didn't even, I just went through like a how, like a quarter wave of how to shoot it. I even talked about how, I don't even, I don't know if it's on that one, but you could use the bag on like to put it in the rear of your butt to get some more support if you're shooting with like off your knee right so that your knee is just not like dangling somewhere so now you have support behind your knee and i mean the bags can be used in multiple different ways you could sit on it to get a better you know but i mean in a podcast you really can't show it and you can't you try to explain it and it doesn't make any sense so right. that's why i say go to the video and you'll see it absolutely all right, well, Tony, I'll let you go. Thank you for uh, stopping by and shedding 
sharing your knowledge with us. <laughs> well, guys, good Sprinkling luck. Sprinkling the, yeah. the nuggets. Uh, have fun. Have fun. That's the main thing. Have fun on the hunts. Enjoy it. Send us some photos. You could just email them to phoenixshootingbags at yahoo.com or just hit us up on the website at phoenixshootingbags.com and uh, there's a place to respond on there and you guys could just send us anything you like. All right. Well, have fun this year and uh, hope to... Uh, Hope one of these little tips that I said helps you out in, in the future and makes you a better rifle hunter. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.